There is literally a 0% chance you will walk through your career and not have a difficult coworker. You need to focus on what you can control and then use some strategies to try to make the situation as best you can. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. We've got a really cool topic today. Really cool. It's a subject we haven't talked about before, and it's something that's super important. So I'm excited to have this conversation with all of you. Before we get into that, I'm really excited also for Wednesday's episode. You know on Wednesdays we do an interview with a guest. And this week it comes from the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Alan Monroy, who is the Director of Global Partnerships. The reason I'm excited about this is Alan has a very interesting background. Army veteran, Army captain, studied military intelligence in college, and really led this lifestyle that so much of us respect. You know, thank you for your service. You hear it all the time. And he's transitioned to the sports industry. And I think that story is very interesting because we have a lot of people in this audience that are that are doing that, that are active military, that are thinking about their post-career, and they're thinking about the sports industry. And there's a lot of you that are changing careers, that maybe are in something else and are looking to change. And there's a lot of you that are developing leadership skills and developing all these traits that can make you stand out. I also think there's an overlap with student athletes where somebody who's in the military might not have the same uh, internship experience or, or other tangible skills. They're very different. So I think this story will really translate to student athletes who need to be able to market themselves for the industry if they want to get into the sports industry, for career changers that have to change their story to say, here's the value that I bring, for people that are in the military that have the opportunity or the want to work in the sports industry. I think there's a lot of interesting topics we can get into and will get into, and I think that's a great, 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 exciting conversation for us to have on Wednesday. So make sure you tune into that. But now let's get to today's question. As you know, Mondays are a fan question. You can always send them to me. Message me on LinkedIn. Send us a DM on Twitter. Send me an email, bclap at workinsports.com. That's my legit email, so don't abuse it. I'm going to get to our question now, and I'm going to conceal this person's name, and you'll see why. I don't want to give any distinguishing details here. You'll see why I'm going to protect this person from themselves. Hi, Brian. I'm a senior at the U in sports management, and your podcast has helped me gain so much knowledge about job opportunities and skills. A question I had, however, is what to do when you don't like a colleague, but are going to continually see them at events, day-to-day meetings, and more? That is a great question. There is literally a 0% chance you will walk through your career and not have a difficult coworker. It won't happen. You will work with people you don't like. You will have people that you don't want to be around, but have to be. One of the hardest parts of work is interpersonal relationships, dealing with the myriad of personalities and styles and approaches. Like that can be really hard. That can be difficult to manage. So here's the bottom line. You can't fix the other person. You are not going to be able to change them. And it's not your job to change them. We want you to focus on what you can control. And this is something we hit all the time. Control the controllables. Spending a lot of time and energy And your enthusiasm trying to fix someone else and their way of doing things is a fool's errand. You need to focus on what you can control and then use some strategies to try to make the situation as best you can. So let's get into that. Let's break down first the most common types of dysfunctional coworkers. So I broke it down into one, two, three, four, five. 
I broke it down to six categories. Now, there might be other ones, but I think these are six categories that most of you are going to be able to say like, oh yeah, that's where that person fits, right? Because not all annoying coworkers are built the same. So let's let's break these down a little bit. Number one, the slacker. Why don't you get a job, Spicoli? What for? They're never putting forward their best effort. They're letting everybody else carry the work. They're whining. They're complaining all the time. They are the ultimate energy drainer because you get frustrated looking at their lack of desire. You want to walk over and whisper in their ear like, is this the best you got? Like, aren't you embarrassed to be performing this way? Everybody knows a slacker, whether it's in school or whether it's in work, we've all been around slackers. Okay, number two, the blamer. It's all your fault. Things go wrong. There's no accountability. They're always quick to blame others. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always a deflection away from them. Super frustrating, right? Number three, the know-it-all. You're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. You can't get through to this person. They cut you off when you talk. A lot of yeah, I know, or cutting you off or interrupting. Uh, They have a superiority vibe about them. They just always are better and smarter and faster and everything than you. And it's just like they always have this annoyed kind of like, yeah, duh. Duh. And when you're trying to talk, they interrupt. I mean, it's just difficult people. Number four, the stealer. My idea. It was my idea. This is the person that's always taking credit for your work or for other people's work or for everything. They are the first one out in front to be like, oh yeah, that's my accomplishment. Some group project, they jump out like it was all them. They haven't shown up at any of the work, but then when it comes time to be on stage, they're like, oh, let me talk about everything we've accomplished, you know, or there's some project going on at work and they act as if they were the one that did everything. Number five, uh, the inappropriate coworker. Whenever you come into the office, I want you to think about this. We don't need to. The one who's always a jokester, who's gossipy, who walks that line of inappropriate behavior, sometimes crossing over it, doesn't know where boundaries are, doesn't respect personal vibes, differences amongst people. That's a difficult one too. And then the final one, which is kind of our catch-all, the annoying fingernails on the chalkboard, just stop talking or I'm going to gouge my eyes out type. Why can't you just go away? Some people have all these traits, right? This is like the five things combined into the worst possible scenario. You get a slacker, blamer, know-it-all, stealer, inappropriate jerk. Captain Planet, motherfucker. These people exist in the workplace. The more of your energy that you spend on these people, the more you lose. Your energy should go somewhere else. The time you are spent thinking about that person who's a blamer, that person who's stealing credit from you, that person who's a slacker, all that energy you're putting towards it, telling other people like, I can't believe this person did X, Y, or Z. I'm so frustrated, I'm so angry. All that energy you're expending towards that person is wasted energy. Refocus it. You are losing this battle if you're giving them all of your power. You are giving them your energy and you are losing when that happens. Okay? That's our overarching theme of this conversation. But let's get into the tactics as well. First off, quick story. So my daughter plays field hockey. She's amazing. She's awesome. There's nothing I... She's a game tomorrow night. It's under the lights at the high school. Like there's something so magical about all this. I'm I like, I love this stuff. I used to love playing night games when I was in high school and college. Uh, I, I just love all this for her, but teams can be tough. 
especially in high school, right? You've had a teammate before who passes you the ball and you don't quite get it or you get it taken away from you or something happens and they're like, ugh, at you, right? It's exhausting. And we've talked to our daughter about this a lot and said, the more you focus on that person, your own teammate giving you negative energy, the more you put towards that, the less focused you are on what you need to do. Focus on improvement, focus on what you're supposed to do as a team member, focus on what you're supposed to do as an individual in certain moments, put your energy towards that rather than the drama moments that cause this chaotic vibe, but also drain your energy and focus. You're focusing on the wrong things. If you're worried about these little negative moments and the drama, same thing applies to the workplace. You are focused on the wrong things. If you're focusing in this direction, there's other things that are more important about your workplace. Okay, let's go one by one. Specifics. How are we going to deal with this? The slacker. The slacker. Ah, gosh, the slacker is so annoying. Early in my career, I would avoid difficult conversations because I didn't really know how to handle them. I didn't, I was, I was way too aggressive and I would say exactly what I was feeling in an emotional state, which isn't always the best thing, right? Now I've kind of figured out how to communicate in a more professional manner. And now I can take these on in full steam. I say this for the slacker because they need to be confronted a little bit, right? Here's the major shift that I had in handling different conversations, difficult conversations, context and perspective. People don't realize or don't know how their work is affecting others or their behavior is affecting others. So my job is that if I've determined that a slacker is affecting my ability to do my job, right, you need to be able to have a conversation with this person and say, clearly, with context and perspective, when you don't do X, here's how that affects my ability to do my job. It's not emotional. You're not over the top. It's got to be transactional and straightforward. That shows maturity to go be able to go handle something like this. And it lets them know where you stand and they could open up a conversation. There might be reasons. Maybe you find out they don't like the workflow or they need more training because they don't really understand how to do their job or they're just a slacker and they'll never change. Either way, starting with a mature conversation is the way to go. Now, if you do that, and it doesn't have a positive effect, and it doesn't take anything, you can talk to your, your manager and say professionally, I've attempted to deal with these circumstances. Here's what I did. I could use some of your help. Again, coming to it professionally and having that conversation with your manager, not to say like, Bobby didn't do his work, and then that made me not do my work. You're coming to it and saying, hey, we have a problem with our workflow. I'm dependent on other people. In this instance, Bobby is not doing this work that I need. Dang it, Bobby. I tried to address it with him and let him know that when he doesn't do his part, it affects me downstream. And he did not seem like he was willing to take on this challenge. Could you help me? That is a much more professional way to have this conversation. If you've gone through a logical pathway, you tried to handle it. And then you went for advice from, from your manager. Managers respect that. They love that stuff. Okay, let's move on to the blamer. How are you going to handle that one? How are you going to handle that person that's a blamer? This requires a bit of a deft touch, if you ask me. Um, when things go wrong at work, there are really two choices. You take the red pill. Take accountability and say, hey, this is my bad. I messed this up. Or you take the blue pill. Blame somebody else, right? Pretty simple. Two choices. Blamers share a common characteristic. 
they find it easier to attack a person or situation than to tackle a problem. Use that to your advantage. This is where you need to shift the conversation. Flip it back on them. They want to blame the situation? They want to point it somewhere else? Let's point it back at them and ask for a solution. What would you have done differently? Not in an accusational tone, just to say, hey, this didn't go well. We made a, collectively, something went wrong. There was a mistake that happened. Let's fix that problem so we can move forward together as a team. What do you suggest we do differently? That is a mature conversation to have. Flip it back on that other person and let them know that they will be heard if they have a solution. And if they don't, you've kind of set out the, the flag saying, don't just start blaming everybody then because you're not, you're not part of the solution. You're just complaining. Move on to the know-it-all. This is the most challenging in my point of view. I find this person extremely difficult to deal with. And honestly, over my career, I've avoided a lot of the times at all costs because they're just, they are draining. They interrupt a lot. They just are so much better and smarter and they throw attitude and they're judgy and it's ugh. But look, you can't just avoid. That's not a solution. Most know-it-alls suffer from extreme self-confidence issues. So they're putting out strength to cover their doubt. Think about that for a second. Most know-it-alls are not actually confident. They are self-conscious. They are worried they're not very good. They're trying to display strength because they don't actually have it. Usually it's like this reverse psychology kind of thing where they're trying to come off more confident than they are. Their only way that they know to cover up for their own failures or their own doubts, their own uh, perceived shortcomings is to be extremely aggressive back at somebody. So my best case scenario, kill them with kindness. I know it can be difficult, but listen, know-it-alls want to be acknowledged. They are throwing out how smart they are because they want people to think that they are smart. So they want to be acknowledged. I acknowledge them. I listen. I make eye contact. I say thank you a lot. Oh, wow. Thank you. Great idea. Good point. Well done. Thank you. It can be difficult. You got to swallow a little bit. You got to swallow some pride, but we're trying to deal with people. Don't compete. Collaborate. Give them ownership of certain tasks. Give them something they can take. Oh, wow. Great point. Thank you. Can you own that? Can you, can you make sure that that happens correctly in this case? Hey, Johnny, make, why, don't you, why don't you take care of that issue? Because you, you seem to know it so well. Give them tasks. Don't let them freelance and just do whatever they want and be a know-it-all everywhere. Give them a task. Give them focus. Give them purpose. And that will help to align you moving forward. But you have to just bite the bullet a little bit with a know-it-all and acknowledge. Acknowledge them. Listen to them. Really make eye contact. And you'll start to see that tone down because they think that they are coming off as smart and valued. They're searching for value. Okay, we're moving on to the stealer. This gets down to preventative actions versus a fix. So here's my solution. If you have somebody who is often going uh, and taking credit for things a lot, I say go preventative more than take this person on. If you go to them and you're like, hey, why did you take credit for that? It, it just elevates the angst in the room and the chaos. The better course of action is to have a really good relationship with your manager. Schedule one-on-one -on -one meetings, half an hour a week. Say, hey, I'd just like to get some time on your calendar where we can discuss all the issues going on and I can tap into your knowledge and advice to keep us moving forward. 
Schedule one-on-one meetings. And in those meetings, be very particular about things you're working on, things you've accomplished, questions you have, things you want to improve on, goals, all of those kind of things that are big picture. Because now you're in a dialogue with your manager and you're letting it be known those things you're doing and working on and problems you've faced and challenges and decisions you've made. And then without saying, hey, I did this, not Johnny. If you have a continual conversation with your manager and you're getting to talk about these things, his or her power gets reduced because the effectiveness of them trying to steal your credit just isn't there anymore. So just take away their power. Have a good relationship with your manager. It's good for business anyway. It's good for your relationships. It's good for your growth at the company. So focus on what you can do, which is in this case, having a good relationship with your manager and discussing all of your successes. That makes it a lot easier. Moving on to the inappropriate person. There are a lot of jokesters and gossipers in the workplace. This is very common. There's always a big personality who wants the stage, likes the lights on them, the attention, right? Says the guy with the extremely large microphone and fancy camera. Yeah, I like a little bit of attention, but seriously, the jokesters, the gossipers, all those kind of things, sometimes they're harmless, sometimes they're not. And you have to know the difference. If it's harmless, I still suggest you walk away and you start to build this pattern of, I'm not going to give you an audience for these moments. The more you give oxygen to these conversations by your by your presence, the more likely they can get into inappropriate. There's a, there's a, pro, there's a progression that can kind of happen. I sometimes just starting to walk away from it can start to t- let them know and send the signal like, I'm not interested in this stuff. I don't want to get into the gossipy and your jokes are borderline. If it starts to get actually inappropriate, go to HR, go to HR. I'm going to be super straight here. Don't try to fix that problem. Don't try to tell them how you feel. Go to HR and be extremely exact. The more you can go to HR with an extremely clear picture of what's happening and any other past examples of this, showing a history, showing a pattern that is when you're going to have the most powerful impact with HR and you're going to set them up for successful decision-making. If they're just looking at it and saying, well, is this a one-time thing? Do we want to overreact? Is this he said, she said? Is this something that is really clear that we can take as actionable? The more information you have of the entire picture, the more likely HR can act on it. So go in with that knowledge, okay? That's how you deal with the inappropriate person. Last one, the annoying fingernails on the chalkboard just stop talking or I may gouge my eyes out type. To advance your, in your career, the overarching theme here is that you have to be able to deal with difficult people because you will. And you'll have to be able to deal with difficult conversations because you will. Those are going to happen. You have to take on these issues and you have to utilize all the skills that I just told you in dealing with this type of person. More than anything, you need to have patience. You need to be able to calm it down, take the emotion out of it, think of it in a big picture sense, and what should be your seasoned approach to this. Is it walking away? Is it having a mature conversation? Does it need to be elevated to HR or to a manager? Can I handle this myself or can I not handle this myself? Those are all things that you need to consider with somebody who is combining a lot of these characteristics, but you can't just ignore it. Don't take this personally. It's usually not about you per se. It's about their personality, their approach, the way they've been brought up maybe, maybe the way their parents acted and they are embodying that. It's not about you. Take the personal stuff out of it, okay? Smile, put your energy elsewhere and deflect this negative energy off. 
figure out how you're going to deal with it. What's the best way to approach this on all those different levels I just talked about. But if, if you focus too much of your energy on this, you'll burn out and you'll lose your focus on your job and your tasks and what you're supposed to do to advance. Don't put all your energy here. Dealing with difficult coworkers is tough. So I hope this will help as we go on this conversation. I'm not going to cite the person's name, but it's going to happen to all of you. So be ready for it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please remember to tune in on Wednesday. Great interview coming up with Alan Monroy from the Vegas Golden Knights. I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday.